Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is your host, Light, the Late Fingered Thief. And today I'm joined by Logar. Hello, I am Logar, the Barbarian. So Logar, we've been adventuring quite a bit in this world, but we seem to have uh, taken a detour on this uh, ship that came floating by and that we hopped on here. Where are we heading next, do you think? I think we're going to go to hell. Uh, are we talking about like the <laughs> physical, metaphysical, or spiritual? So let's look at hell. <laughs> we're talking about hell as the plane is of travel correct yeah so there's we 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 went through a lot of planar stuff recently and we we've looked at all kinds of things when it comes to planes of this show huffa was on here and there's a whole book there you can go go back and check out those issues or issues episodes <laughs> go back and check out those episodes Great little zine, uh, great little game where you can roll up different bizarre planes and different realities of existence. But we're going to look at something. When I was, after we had done and recorded the Planar Compass episodes talking about the different planes, uh, Dan from Planar Compass actually messaged me and said, hey, we overlooked something. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that was also in the Deities and Demigods book that we didn't talk about our look. So this is Deity and Demigods first edition D&D yellow spine book, correct? Well, it doesn't have a yellow oh, spine. Oh, no, it doesn't. It's got a purple spine. It's before they started doing the yellow spines. <laughs> yeah, mine doesn't have a purple spine. Mine just has a blue spine. <laughs> yeah, they just got, yeah, they got like a purplish, bluish type spine. Uh, it's, right. it's the iconic book that everybody goes on about that had uh, the Cthulhu and Melbonian stuff that, that uh, later printings uh, took out of. Yeah, so I do not have that version. I have a later printing. You know, I, this is I I have owned multiple versions of the Cthulhu. <laughs> I don't know why, but my earliest version of it uh, had a huge ink spot running throughout it, and uh, and I this one is ink spot free. Someone has spilled ink on it. So if someone out there has a huge ink spot going through their book, you have my old book now. <laughs> there it goes. So we're talking about the gnome planes of existence and the nine hells i believe right yeah so or are we talking about hades as well too <laughs> well here here's the thing like when we talked about it we laid out that there is the prime material plane a positive material plane there's a negative material plane there's the ethereal plane and then you get the elemental planes and we went really in depth in a lot of the elemental plane stuff so the like there's that's not what i'm wanting to look at now let's look at in here I, I, and something that we overlooked and uh, I didn't really go much into is planes of alignment. So just like you have your alignments, like your nine category alignment, essentially, these planes align with alignments. So you have a chaotic good, a lawful good, a neutral good. And it seems to be that different hells and heavens seem to almost correlate with the alignment in a way because they have two charts here they have the character alignment graph and yep. the planes of, alignment. planes of alignment and those should line up together so if you're let's say what lawful good we're talking the seven heavens if it's chaotic evil or demonic you're talking about the abyss but then lawful evil is nine hells which is what you, you had started with correct yeah so you got nine hells is that dante dante's inferno yeah, was that nine hells in there? Uh, nine layers, I think it was. So, so is the nine hells done? I need to. I, I need to. We, I'm gonna have to go and pull out like the third edition and go back through the original player handbook to really talk about the different hells. I'm thinking because there's so many different. So, 
Here's what happens in Dungeons and Dragons. Demons and devils are very different things. They exist in different planes, right? For the most part, yes, but they do cross over to the material plane every now and then. But if you do choose to do an adventure in the Nine Hells or the Abyss, certainly there's options for that as well, too. And like the Oino demon is a demon lord that's above that kind of is above all the other a lot of the other demon lords. Are you familiar with the Oino demon? I am not. Which let me Oino demon is from the oh I think it's from the first Monster Manual. Um, uh, it may have been the second Monster Manual. It's one of the first two A D and D Monster Manuals. It's the first time that I have seen the Oino demon pop up. Yeah, I mean most of the demons that. I've dealt with within game has been more on like, you know, Asmodeus or Orcus and, you know, those greater types. Yeah. And Oin the Oina demon is one of the greater of the, like, is, is very like ahead of like in the hierarchy of hells. When we talked about issue 42 of Dragon Mag, there was an article in there that we kind of skimmed over quick that talked about the different uh, power structures and who maintains power in which hells in Lucifer and Asmodeus taking thrones, all being different demons that take the throne at different times. And the Oino demon is one of those head demons that kind of has that thing. So he carries this staff, at least this Oino demon does, because I think that is possible and I've not been 100% clear on this, that the power of the Oino demon is not necessarily in the demon, but the staff has a lot to do with it. In the earlier uh, AD&D books, he's just kind of described, I think as like a goat head or something like that with half his flesh falling off, kind of gross. In, in this, I've got the Tome of Horrors complete where they do some of the old school stuff. It's credits... It credits this to being in the first edition Monster Manual 2. So that answers my question there. Uh, which is owned by Wizards of the Coast now, and the original author Scott Green, based on material by Gary Gygax. The Tome of Horrors is from Necromancer and Frog Gods, correct? Yeah, the Tome of Horrors was originally Necromancer games, and Frog God reprinted the Tome of Horrors complete, compiling three Tome of Horrors, which are just monster manuals. So the Oina demon himself claims rulership over all other demons. There is no other single figure in the lower planes that commands more respect and fear than the Oino demon, except a few powerful archdevils. His position is constantly threatened by those that would usurp the throne and take the position for themselves. So that's the Oino demon. He stands nine feet tall. His head resembles that of a diseased and rotting ram with downward forward curving horns. The wool and flesh of its humanoid body seem to pull away or drop away in sickly clumps. Its body is covered in boils, blisters, sores, and scabs. Thick white foam oozes from its mouth and a thin yellow ichor squeezes from its bloodshot eyes. Now the staff of the lower plains is a 12 foot long black wooden staff that can only be wielded by the current Oino demon or any demon he allows to wield it. So that current Oino demon says that there is possibly more of a, more of a, what's the word I'm looking for? An office to be held. <laughs> right. But um, I mean, players themselves would probably not be encountering this demon by themselves because it's probably a very high level demon and having an adventure would be uh, pretty powerful to encounter. Is it bad that I had my players encounter the Oino demon once? What level? What level were your characters? <laughs> uh, they were getting up there, like six, fifth, and sixth levels. Uh, 
they were not able to do much against an Oino demon. Well, not from a combat standpoint, but maybe you can have a uh, a little bit of role play and yeah. negotiation with the uh, demon itself. That's kind of where where I tried to take it. It was it was honestly it was an intense night of game. It was kind of not not I don't know. It was it got a little dark. <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, the campaign was coming to a point where half the world was devastated in an apocalyptic like destruction and a large part of what was going on that they were discovering was this battle for the throne of the oino demon now oino demon just being like the head like a head top-notch demon of one of these planes of these hellish planes you know it never occurred to me to look at the deities and demigods book at first when we were looking at the planar stuff. I don't know why. Well, I probably do know why. Probably because I don't look at it a lot. I haven't used the book a lot in the past. (laughs) I mean, I I used the book, well, when I was a kid, obviously I haven't used it recently because I normally don't run games in the planar realm, though that may be happening here soon in Hyperborea. Yeah, I mean, and, and this, I don't think of running games in the planar realm when I think of deities and demigods. That's not my, where my mind goes to. But then it's like, oh, yeah, duh, heaven and hell. These are concepts that I don't spend a lot of time with just because it's not something I focus on personally. Deities and demigods is the place to look to kind of flesh out some planes. Well, you know, for all the deities of demigods, you know, you have all the Greek gods in Olympus. You have a lot of the Norse gods, the Norse gods in, what would there be, Elysium, I guess, would be the equivalent. Yeah. So, and, so where does the Cthulhu mythos fall in the plains? They're great old ones. Do they, do they exist before, before, like, the formation of the realms in the way that we know? Well, you know, since uh, Chaosium tried to sue TSR, they had to No, that's them. not true. That's not true. Nope. Yeah, so there's a there's a big art. That's I was always told that there was a lawsuit thing uh, situation with this deities and demigods book. Now I don't want to go on record as this is my official thing. What I've read in recent years is that's not the case. That TSR wasn't so foolish enough to just put stuff in there without contacting others. But the idea was that they didn't necessarily want to be advertising for a company they saw as a competitor. So they started pulling stuff out of the books. So that's probably why in the more recent printings that Rie and some of the other Cthulhu Mythos demons aren't showing up. All the Cthulhu Mythos stuff is in plethora in all forms of D&D and role-playing games now because everything's in a public... Not, I don't think every... Most of it's in a public domain. A lot of Rovecraft's work have become public domain at this point. And you got games and everything else just completely you know delving into the cthulhu mythos i guess you could do what you want at the end of the day you can do what you want with the mythos and the you know i think the cool there's a cool idea to say that before all these things existed there were great old ones before the different realms and the different 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 what's the word i'm looking for different universes that all that rises after the great old ones and the old ones being old ones because they existed before this structure. I don't know if there is an official take in D&D lore or AD&D lore at least 
fifth edition lore has probably gone much further by this point <laughs> we're looking at very well i mean stuff. yeah i mean fifth edition stanley pearson released a whole series of cthulhu mythos for dungeons and dragons which which i do have a copy for as well too so you can adventure within the DD world combating the uh, cthulhu mythos i have the exact same book but i think it's for pathfinder and not fifth edition <laughs> okay, yeah yeah they were, they were i think it's the exact same book except it's the exact stats. same book yeah yeah but i mean even with some of the other games like within the hyperborea game obviously the cthulhu mythos play a big deal in it as well too so yeah and there's some there's some there's some interesting stuff in here they give whole whole uh charts in the back of the mythos and then it tells about this like uh different spheres of control in those mythos and those different planes that kind of goes into things it gets really in depth um, it might be useful if you're running deities. I find that's probably easier sometimes to kind of take them where you feel they they best go yourself and try, instead of trying to restrain yourself by some of this, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I would use this book as more of a guide. I wouldn't be hard locked into some of the stuff that they've detailed. And, you know, you can use it as you want, but... I think part of the magic of the game is not knowing what's going on with your deities and demigods pantheon per se, you know, having all this very well laid out and organized as dungeon master is good, but for the player, I try to probably do a little bit more mysterious and discovery for them. You know, they wouldn't be yeah. aware necessary of the hierarchy of whatever the, the demons or the hierarchy of the gods. Cause these are mortals. Mortals aren't going to know that. So now one thing that I think we might want to look at that would the, the, this stuff does get expanded upon a great deal in second edition. When Planescape comes out, there is a, there is a box set. I think there's a box set for most of the planar alignments. And if I'm honest with you, I'm not a hundred percent clear. I haven't really gone through those. I've gone through some of those, not really run much through those. I think maybe we want to expand and talk about those different hells and heavens and stuff like that. It might be time to start looking at Planescape stuff to expand on all that planar stuff, or even just, you know, go our own way. You can go your own way. But I do think that looking at some of the, what Planescape laid out for the lore of that might be a good next step from here on exploring planes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, second edition did release a lot of, as you mentioned, Planescape stuff. Um, since in Hyperborea, we're going to be going into the uh, underworld here soon. I've been looking at some of the classic modules like the Platinum and Hell, you know, Fire and Dis, uh, which are all Hell-related. But surprisingly, as I was doing some digging, I did not find that much material officially that's been released so far for exploring, you know, Hell, essentially. Well, they do have, they did have some, I think the blocks is for planes of chaos, planes of conflict and planes of law. Now, it's also worth noting that when you get to these in this second edition, those are planes of alignment. D&D &D was trying to avoid demons and devils. Now I have, I brought over here with me something that was put out for second edition and is the old monstrous compendiums they used to come out in loose leaf and you'd put them in these big old binders i got these binders here uh for all sorts of them but one of the things that was put out by i think it was roll aids that put it out was a whole uh monsters manual to put in your compendium of just demons to add the demons to it and apparently i don't know how true it is again this is internet hearsay so don't quote me on this as being the 
God's Honest Truth. Apparently, TSR was a little upset that they had put out a book of demons for D&D because of the satanic panic that we had talked before. But flipping through it, there's all kinds of, uh, of uh, grand demons, and some of them are strange. Um, like they're, I don't know how well they can, if you, if we, if this ends up on the YouTube, I, I try to flash an image there. It doesn't pick it up that well. Some of them are strange um, creatures. They're not very humanoid or what I, they're not your demon with the devil horns that you see at Halloween. Um, you know, some are just grand dukes and stuff like that, dressed up all fine without heads or whatever weirdness right. they have, stuff like that. So they get out there. But I think we're about up on time. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Harold. Logar Harold Prom. We're on Patreon. We can really support patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. Hey, we're them lucky to avoid all these demons.